Good day. You are listening to the 99th edition of Free City Radio. Thanks so much for being with us. It is Friday, the 4th of March, and I'm your host, Stefan Christoph. And on the broadcast today, we speak with filmmaker Franz Boom, one of the forces behind the documentary film Dear Future Children, which tracks the lives of three young activists one in Kampala, Uganda, one in Hong Kong, and one in Santiago, Chile. The film documents the experiences of young women on the front lines in different movements struggling for social justice and collective rights. In Chile, we see a young activist deeply involved in the street-level movements uh, for economic justice, demanding uh, a new constitution. This is a demand of social movements for many years that recently pushed for a referendum that voted in favor of drafting a new constitution to replace the one that had existed since the dictatorship of Pinochet. We also go to Hong Kong, where we see a young activist on the front lines protesting uh, against police crackdown on demonstrations and also uh, the usurping of press freedom rights, which has taken place in Hong Kong over recent years. Uh, we hear about also frontline protest tactics and experiences with the riot police in Hong Kong and a young activist involved in the Fridays for Future movement in Kampala, Uganda. I think this documentary is really important and interesting because it opens a window into three activist lives. And it is not simply a film to show um, moments that are newsworthy, but also travels to the more intimate and personal questions that these activists on the front lines are having and experiencing in their lives. So, the film uh, Dear Future Children was screened in Montreal um, and has been screened globally. Um, and I was involved in the screening in Montreal through Cinema Politica. And I thought it would be important to speak with the director. Um, so here's our conversation. Thanks so much for the invitation. My name is Franz Boom. I'm a film director. I'm currently based in London. I'm originally from Germany. And uh, in the last two years, I made my debut feature film which is called uh, Dear Future Children, um, a documentary about three young activists in Hong Kong, Chile and Uganda. And with this film we wanted to explore the impact of young activism on these young people's lives. We wanted to learn more about the key challenges, the key motivations and just in general we were quite interested in this phenomenon of young global modern activism and just wanted to explore that topic. So this film is is meaningful, I think, in that it shows the narratives of people's lives, but also paints a picture of the social political realities within which they live. So we can talk a bit about the different characters. We 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 visit a character, um, an activist in in the context of Chile, in the Hong, in the context of the movements in Hong Kong protesting authoritarian crackdowns. Uh, in the context of Hong Kong, and then we visit a young climate justice activist in Uganda. Um, these might seem like, um, you know, disparate realities, but there's 
there's a connection in terms of the youth activism, but also the sense of urgency that you feel from the different um, protagonists in the film. So maybe we can first start uh, in the context of Chile, because there has been, you know, a, a lot of very important victories that social movements and youth movements have been part of in Chile. So can you just give us a bit of a picture of why you chose uh, Chile as one context for this film and also sort of the ways that documentary films sort of capture a moment in time, but that, you know, things continue to move forward. And we've seen, you know, huge, very positive victories for social movements in Chile since this film has been uh, shared. Absolutely. So when our relatively young team was in, in research phase, we were in touch with 11 protest movements all across the globe. Um, we wanted to find three movements which are youth-led or where young people play an important role. We wanted to have movements, protest movements, that have a clear democratic majority behind their core goal, behind their core interests. Um, and we also were looking for movements which didn't really have that much representation in um, modern young cinema. So there were a few movements in the US that we were looking at but they were already quite strongly represented in, in many films that were in development in that moment as well. Um, and we chatted to quite a lot of people, again, 11 diff different movements. And in Chile and Uganda and in, in Hong Kong as well, we had the feeling that it is, for some reasons, quite difficult, for, for many reasons, quite difficult for local filmmakers to, to produce films completely on their own. So we decided to partner up with them in order to create this film, which is now, you know, um, located in, in sort of three different countries, or if you are adding Denmark to that list, even four different countries, four different continents. And Chile was particularly interesting because um, Chile is a very, I would say, protest experienced country, um, especially youth-led protests played in hugely important role during the past years, during the past decades, when it comes to crafting modern policy. So it was hugely interesting that a new movement is, is being born there, um, which is battling social injustice in, in the very core, I would say. And at that point had a clear goal um, to, to fight against um, the the country's constitution, which was still developed under Pinochet, which you know was a major league asshole and also a dictator. Um, and it was interesting to see the efforts that the youth um, put into this. They, again, knew that they had a clear democratic majority behind their core goal. Um, but for some reason, they were trying to go the normal political ways, you know, the, the good ways, the approved ways. But the political elite had tools in order to sort of keep them apart from, keep them away from reaching their goals. So protesting on the streets, and that's very important to understand here, was not their very first option. It was more so their very last option. They tried all the other ways but because they felt unheard and because they were so confident that they had a majority behind their back, they went on the streets um, um, to show their anger, to show their frustration. Um, and it's interesting because in Hong Kong, 
we observed and experienced similar tactics used by the protesters. Um, but in Chile, these protests, especially now speaking in 2022, were hugely successful. The constitution um, was, it, it, there's now a new constitution being written at the moment as we speak. Um, there's a new president elected, um, which, and all these, these elections, all these milestones um, showed again and again that the movement had always had a clear majority behind them. Um, and you can now even say for, they were unheard for a too long time, um, which is now developing into huge changes when it comes to domestic policies in Chile. Um, so hugely interesting protest movement. And we are so grateful that we found, we, again, collaborated with a lot of people on the ground and ultimately found Rayen as our Chilean protagonist, who is a frontliner, who is very well connected, who knows a lot about these protests, who is affected herself, obviously, also still quite young. Um, and it was amazing and so interesting to collaborate with her on the ground. The story we visit in Chile in Dear Future Children, it really brings up, you know, a very important point of difficulty and contradiction in relation to the um, negotiation between street level politics and official politics, right? And, and um, you know, if we're talking about protest movements, uh, you know, in the context of Chile, obviously youth culture has played a huge role artistically, terms of street art, we see that in the film. Um, and, but this extends to the other contexts that you visit, uh, particularly Hong Kong, where young activists were on the front lines in significant ways. Um, but there's this, there is a tension between the official space of politics and street level protest movements, where there are contexts where there's a lot of repression and the demands and ideas and, and um, the context of political change that is being pushed on the streets or systemic critiques are not recognized by power, right? And I think that you interestingly mentioned democratic majority because at times that's not clear, especially when media um, conglomerates are linked to the corporate sector are linked to the government, right? And, and not to be conspiratorial about it, but just to sort of recognize that there is a shared social space between the upper echelons of media institutions and the upper echelons of political power, often in many different contexts around the world. So just, just to sort of think about the role of the street, but also the ways that that street level energy can translate to actual policy-based change, right? Which I think is really a challenge for both millennial and generation Z to think about, right? If we think about going back to the early 2000s and the anti-globalization movement, which, you know, Cinema Politica, myself and many activists sort of became uh, involved in that context, there was a very clear cut between official politics and street politics. Now there's an interesting negotiation and recognition that there is, a, 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 there is some sort of exchange where street level politics become involved with actually shaping 
the politics of society on an official level, which is very intense. I'm wondering if you have any reflections on that, because I think your film sort of visits the, the pain and the challenges around that point. Absolutely, absolutely. It's a very interesting point that you are mentioning. And I think, although one clearly has to say that young activism was always existent in, in the history of, of humankind, but the current generations are exploring or re-exploring, redefining how young uh, uh, street-based protests can look like. And they are using all the tools that are accessible to them, obviously social media, obviously, but also uh, filmmaking is playing a hugely important role. And because filmmaking got so much, the basics of filmmaking got so much cheaper during the past few years and decades, all of a sudden it's very simple and very straightforward to create um, impactful videos that can uh, explain the demands. And all of a sudden, we are seeing this right now in, in Ukraine, for example, um, locals can record um, videos on their phone and it is being shared worldwide within a few seconds or minutes. Um, and that generates a whole new world of possibilities um, that is now being explored by the current young generation um, who are very interested in using these tools for their um, individual, often domestically focused movements. And also, I think we have to speak about motivation as well, because the successful protests in Chile, for example, um, it is now way easier to transport and correspond with other countries. It is easier to share tactics, to share knowledge, intelligence, experience with other young protesters across the globe. Um, so I, we all experienced, we all recognized that other movements in South America, for example, were being inspired by the success in Chile. And vice versa, I think um, Taiwan, for example, is in close correspondence with many Hong Kong um, um, activists as well. And they have this kind of exchange of knowledge and, and um, experiences. So that's very interesting as well. It is way easier. You know, you can even take Dear Future Children. Dear Future Children was only possible because we as a young film team without many resources were able to directly contact um, people on the ground and speak to them directly. And we could be sure, could be quite sure that we are speaking to actual people there because we are seeing them, um, because we are on the phone with them. A few years ago, a few decades ago, this just wouldn't have been possible. Um, and this is the reason why we as a young team were able to make this film with a very, very limited budget and relatively quick as well. Um, so all of a sudden films, um, small, small films or even feature films um, are responding to these developing events worldwide way quicker than it was possible before. And that again is creating and opening a whole new world of possibilities um, that yet has to be explored in my opinion. Yeah. So that negotiation between street level and the official level, which I think your film does address because in the Hong Kong context, we don't see a resolution. In the Chilean context, we see a continued debate. We see victories with the new constitution being drafted, with the election of a left social democrat as president, which is a huge 
hugely significant for Chile, given the history you talked about with Pinochet. Uh, in the context of Uganda, too, we don't see a resolution in terms of the role of you know, international mining companies or forestry companies that are active on the ground. And there's quite a lot of high-level corruption within the Ugandan government and with these companies. How, how, how did it feel to sort of focus on these voices that obviously are inspired by a lot of hope and attempts to address these issues, but with the knowledge that there's no Hollywood ending, there's no clear-cut resolution. This is a process. Yeah, that, that's so true. And I think you're really speaking to the core motivation we had to make this film in the first place. Because when we were researching um, about young activism, it, we, notif- we, we noticed that quite often other people spoke about young activism. And sometimes also because they had such limited time, they only had like two minutes in their TV clip to to speak about, you know, the current state of young activism in Hong Kong. And sometimes they made it too easy. They made it sound so simple. Oh, so this is what they're protesting against. This is why, and this is how this will end. But it's just not that simple. Young activism is way more complex than that. And when we started the project, we promised ourselves that we will actually listen to people on the ground, and we won't try to solve these complex issues for them. It is a capture of the momentum. It is what Hilda, for example, was thinking in 2020. It is how the situation was in Chile in 2020 and what motivated people in that specific time frame. Um, and it is always, again, it is, young activism is complex. There are no easy or simple ways out of that. And we just wanted to stay true to the activists themselves. By the way, um, many local activists, local journalists, local NGOs were involved in the creation of this film during research, during the development, during the process of finding the right protagonist, but most importantly, also during the editing phase, during the editing stage, when we always spoke about How do we explain these protests in the most accessible, most suitable way, knowing that we don't have three hours to do this? And how do we end the film? What kind of information do you want to be displayed here? Do you want want us to mention short time successes? Should we uh, focus a little bit more about on on the personal circumstances of our protagonists? What's the best way to end this film? So our decision you know, to end on a more personal note, on a more personal level. Um, That wasn't my decision alone, but that was a decision that was made by our whole team, including um, numerous, numerous people um, on the ground in these uh, three regions, in these three countries. So thinking about the context of Uganda, you know, this is, um, I'd say from the, the, the three geographical locations highlighted in Dear Future Children. This is perhaps the location that has the least uh, common um, resonance within left networks globally. There has been a lot of international action and solidarity within the Americas for the movement in Chile, for example. And within the Asian context, there was a lot of collaboration, as you said, between activists, even in mainland China and Hong Kong, within Taiwan, Japanese activists, but also globally, there was a lot of solidarity protests around the world with the movement in Hong Kong, um, which is multi-layered and complex. However, Uganda, 
I would like to just sort of hear a bit about how it was to, um, you know, highlight the story of a young activist. Uh, you know, some of the most interesting parts of the film, I think, were when um, the protagonist from Uganda arrives at the, the, the climate summit in Copenhagen, I believe, and she runs into the reality where you see the discourse of climate justice being shared. And the, we hear the young activists sort of wondering, how is this discourse actually going to affect things on the ground in Uganda? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think Uganda, the Fridays for Future movement in Uganda, which was partially also founded by Hilda, our protagonist, is, is hugely fascinating because Hilda is facing unique challenges. Um, Pepper in Hong Kong, Ryan is in, in Chile, is surrounded by like-minded people, is surrounded by a big alliance of friends and other frontliners. They are able to give emotional support to each other. And I'm not saying to discredit them at all. It doesn't make these movements any less important or less difficult or complex. But Hilda, is interesting because Fridays for Future is a, you know, Europe-born but worldwide movement. But at that time, it didn't really arrive yet in, in East Africa, in Uganda. So Hilda found the movement was inspired by other young activists across the globe using all modern tools of technologies and founded the movement herself. And on the first protests, as we can see in the film, she was the only one protesting. She was just standing down the street with her sign, uh, uh, demanding higher and, and better climate action. And the development and the motivation of her to do that, I think is so hugely interesting. Also because there were no people who told her, you need to do that, you need to do that. There were no instructions. There is no handbook for that. And adding to that, Uganda is also not really known for being an amazing place where you can speak out as a young woman. Um, and, and Hilda certainly faced some unique challenges on that topic as well. So that's, I think, the, the reason or many of the reasons why Hilda's work, Hilda's efforts are so hugely interesting. And it's also interesting to see in Copenhagen, yes, uh, many people there understand her struggle, but still the, the, the C40 conference in Copenhagen isn't really solving the problem, is it? So that's interesting because on the one hand, it's a huge personal success for her, but Hilda's not interested in personal success. Hilda's interested in climate action for her home country, Uganda. And she thought that traveling to Copenhagen will make this more accessible, but it didn't. So that's interesting as well. That's one of the uh, many very new, very modern challenges that young activism is, is presenting now. Um, this kind of, you know, the, the, these, these politicians who are trying to use activists in order to make them seem more green or more environmental focused. Um, but Hilda, as brilliant as she is, obviously always uh, focuses on the, on the real consequences, consequences and asks ask the very important um, questions. Yeah. yeah, we live in this very um, unique moment where, you know, in the context of quote unquote woke discourse, we see 
a lot of the liberal political class adopting the language of activism, but not actually enacting policies that reflect where that language comes from, the social movements that have brought forward these um, you know, demands for systemic change, uh, movements against systemic racism for LGBTQ rights, uh, for climate justice, a holistic approach to the climate. Your film tackles a lot of different geographical locations and the intersection of a lot of these issues. So I really appreciated it and appreciate talking with you today. Thank you. Thank you so much also for your interest in the film. Uh, we are always keen to you know, explore all opportunities to show the film. Thanks so much for the invitation. Uh, it was a great pleasure speaking with you. And yeah, thanks so much. Right on. That was an interview with Franz Boom, one of the filmmakers behind the documentary film Dear Future Children that follows the lives of three young activists in Chile, Hong Kong, and Uganda. I'd encourage you to look up the film Dear Future Children, Uh, I was involved in the screening of that uh, film uh, in Montreal through Cinema Politica. Thanks to Franz for being on the program today. Uh, we broadcast uh, twice a week, once on CKUT 90.3 FM at 11 a.m. and also on Tuesdays starting in April on CJLO uh, 1690 a.m. We also are available globally through this podcast network, Uh, you can find us on iTunes and Spotify, also on soundcloud.com slash freecityradio. I'm Stefan Christoph in Montreal. Thanks for being with us. We'll go out on the program today uh, with a piece from an awesome artist based in Nairobi, Kenya, KMRU. Um, I would really encourage you to check out his work. It's beautiful. Here it is, and I'll talk to you soon. Take care. Thank you.